That song will be familiar to many of you as a Qantas commercial. We opted not to play the commercial version, and instead, that was Linda Ronstadt's fabulous version of it. Well, there's chaos at airports, lots of people's travel plans have been disrupted, and stories in the newspapers, online, particularly on social media, have seen Qantas come in for heavy criticism, especially considering it received a huge bailout from the federal government during the pandemic, and also considering the pay packet of CEO Alan Joyce. Joyce has not endeared himself with those who call Australia home when he criticises his customers for not being match fit for travel. Belinda Jackson and I discuss the public reaction to the problems at the Flying Kangaroo. Belinda Jackson, what's the basis of people's concern at the moment in a post-COVID environment about Qantas? Oh, Graham, look, there's so much on social media. And, you know, to be fair, it is it is across the board in so many parts of society. You know, the fact that services are not being met as they were pre-COVID. And, you know, as everybody likes to say, there's a perfect storm for that, you know, with, with the pandemic and, and all of the fallout from that. But one of the biggest problems with, with Qantas in particular is the rescheduling of flights without consultation and the, just the lack of communication between Qantas and its passengers and its customers. And, and that's, you know, it's it's all over social media, it's anecdotal, but then it's also, you know, there's so much analysis online at the moment about why Qantas is in this position where it is, it's shedding, not only is it shedding uh, its customers, but its staff as well, but also the loyalty and pride in the airline. Customer loyalty has always been a bit of a, a bit of a hairy ride for me in uh, across all sorts of uh, areas. And, you know, I was I was up on the top level of United for a while. And then when uh, we saw them drag a guy off an aircraft and the chief executive then gets up and defends the action of people pulling this man off the aircraft, I decided I wasn't going to fly United anymore. And you know, so subsequently, I, d- I haven't r- retained my status, which I think is a bit of a concern for a lot of people now, because status can be good for you if you're up in the gold level or whatever you want to call it where you get the sort of early boarding or you get business lounge access. And I think there's a few angry people out there who are missing who are missing that due to COVID and other things. It's quite a shedding staff seems to be part of the problem and the fact that they haven't been able to rehire people sufficient to handle all the calls and inquiries they're getting. That's right. Well, you know, um, during the pandemic, Qantas shed... 9,400 staff. The sacking of 2,000 of those 9,400 staff was deemed unlawful, according to the federal court. Right. So, you know, what's happened is now, of course, everybody, you know, there's so much change and you know that travel, the way that we travel has changed. You know, we're traveling uh, at a whim, but also we have to change because when you've, you know, if you've got COVID and it's been running rampant through Australia, you can't travel. The problem with this is, yes, we have to change our flights, but in many instances, and I've experienced this personally as well, we're not able to change those flights online ourselves. So we're told to ring into into Qantas, but then our calls are not being answered. And there's countless anecdotes online of people recording, you know, hours, you know, not just three hours, but five hours, seven yeah. hours, and, and still not having their issues resolved. And so that, you know, that just, it just keeps compounding. And going back to your loyalty point, Graham, 
I mean, yes, you could have loyalty with somebody like United, but I think for Australians, Qantas is a different ball game, a different type of loyalty. It's the flying kangaroo. It's probably the first flight that we all took when we were, mm. you know, when we were younger. We, you know, we did our first Qantas flight down to see the grandparents in Sydney or Brisbane or you know yeah, wherever. Sure. It's it's part of you know we we still call Australia home. The ads all make us teary. You know, it's it's embedded in I think to many Australians have got it's a it's a type of patriotism. Probably makes them angrier now then. Definitely. I think I think people are feeling let down. You know, it's it, it's like being let down by your bestie, you know, that's yeah. that or by auntie who was always there for us. And I think that, that has only made us more horrified. Now to be fair, Qantas is no longer government owned. It's an ASX listed company and I think the only part of that that we should draw any comfort from is that it has to be more than fifty percent of Australian shareholders. Is that how it works? It has to have a fifty one percent Australian 51, shareholding. That's right. right. Yes, right. that's right. To to maintain yes, to maintain the advantage. Right. And and of course if you look at Virgin as an example of the other airline in, in Australia, I think that's 90% foreign-owned, of course. Part of that is uh, Richard Branson. The issue I think a lot of people are complaining about is the fact that under the previous government, Qantas got quite a bailout in the middle of the pandemic. In fact, it was early. It was like April 2020, I think. They got significant money from the government. Then I believe there was also claims that they made on the government under JobKeeper. So they also uh, got quite a a bit of money to keep people employed. I know that they took uh, around $2 billion in public money during during the pandemic. So, you know, when we talk about whether there have been paybacks, um, you know, I mean, that, and also to be fair to, to the chief executive, Alan Joyce, he did take a, um, a three-month salary. He had a hiatus in, in his not inconsiderable salary for three months during the pandemic, as a lot of CEOs did as well. But that $2 billion, if you give that much money into a corporation, would you not think that maybe you might come out the other end a little less shell-shocked than what they have? Because we're all getting back after COVID. We're all travelling. There was always going to be pent-up demand was the catchphrase that, that resonated through the travel industry. When we get back, there's going to be so much pent-up demand. We got all of it out travelling through Australia. Now we're getting our overseas demand being satisfied from people who haven't seen their families for more than two years. You know, it might not have just been the two years of the pandemic, but, mm. you know, three years, four years is very common for families to be separated around the world. This was not unexpected. And then when Alan Joyce did slip up and say that, you know, we weren't maybe match fit for travel. Yeah, you know, we didn't have our slip on shoes that we normally have. Yes, we might have put liquids in our bags and maybe that held things up when we were going through the airports. But this, to my mind, this is a much more systemic failure that it's now expected. People are swearing off travelling with Qantas and not just, not just you know, the one that couldn't get the $50 cheapo flight up to, you know, between Sydney and Melbourne. And I know you've been stung by yeah. that yourself, haven't you? February last year, I had a job to do in Sydney. I had to get up on a particular day, which was actually a, a Saturday. And I heard on the grapevine that they were going to close the Victorian borders. So I tried to swap... I was actually on Virgin for the initial ticket. I tried to swap with Virgin to go on the Friday. I couldn't get a ticket, so I ended up buying one or looking to buy one on Qantas. At lunchtime, the ticket was about $200. I had to go into town. By the time I got back, it was $400. And by the time my wife, using my credit card, had actually completed the booking and put all the numbers in and the expiry date and every other thing, $816 was my one-way fare to Sydney, Melbourne, Sydney. Was so, that economy? Yes, like a deck chair on the back <laughs> wing. It was, I was so far back, I was almost in the dunny. And 
It was unbelievable. And Did you get I, a cup of tea? Uh, yeah, probably. I don't remember. A very I was so cup of tea. I was so incensed. annoyed. Well, I had a job to do and a and a, an agreement to fulfil. It was a one week job, so you know it wasn't as if I could just change all the arrangements. But uh, anyway, I was a bit dark on that, so I haven't flown with Qantas since. I think it's interesting when guys like Michael West, who's a very highly respected journalist here in Australia, he's worked for News Limited, he's worked for Fairfax for quite a while. He's got his own online site now michaelwest.com.au and he has a good old dig at alan joyce because alan joyce has over the years collected some fantastic money as chief executive of of Qantas and I think the latest figure he's being paid a little less and you said uh, correctly that he did take a three-month break from being paid but we're still talking a guy who earns two million dollars that's in in pay, there are some other benefits here. He gets shares and other things. So, you know, Sign- significant shares too. But I mean, before COVID, he was taking a, a you know a ten million dollar um, paycheck home as well. So yeah, and I guess people are asking, well, you know, do we really need to pay the fellow who runs an airline that sort of money? But then again, I just checked online who's the highest paid CEO in Australia. I googled this, and it says that uh, the head of Macquarie Group gets fifteen point nine seven million. The head of CSL gets 13.87 million. Gregory Goodman from Goodman Group gets 13.38 million. The boss of Newcrest Mining gets 16 odd million. And BHP, now someone might say, well, you know, that's a big company, that deserves a good salary, but he's getting 10.08 million. That's Mike Henry at BHP. So Alan Joyce is not in that league of the top, not in the top five on the current earnings but um, at the the moment at the moment and without and without share dividends as well so without share benefits too so I think that you you know you can't just um take it on on salary alone but I mean I I mean I I think you know disputes of how much we pay our CEOs is one thing but the most important thing for you and I and for listeners as you know as travelers who use you know this this is the airline with the largest network in in Australia if you cannot get on the flight, why would you fly with that company? And that's where that loyalty has been lost. And, and you know, I've had so many people talking to me this week, you know, from economy flyers to business class to gold class and platinum. You know, these are these are people that have spent their lives travelling with Qantas and mm. have that significant loyalty of having their flights changed at the last minute. One, a music agent told me yesterday he was a platinum class flying up to Paris via, and his, his route was via Hong Kong. His first leg was changed so that he now has a 27-hour layover in Hong Kong. But because Hong Kong still has its quarantine restrictions in place, he cannot leave the airport for that period of time. And he was actually told by Qantas staff on the phone, well, you can't leave the airport and you can't check into any hotels. I, I mean, I've said, well, what about the air, airside hotels? Yeah, the, the so, airport. <laughs> exactly. But that's the point is the, the information is not being filtered through when you actually get through to Qantas. When I, I was changing flights last time I was coming back from Dubai uh, in January, I rang Qantas in 10, and, and this is, everybody's got their story, this is mine, I rang Qantas in 10 different countries. And in most of those countries in the Middle East, the numbers that were listed up on their website either rang out, as in nobody picked up the phone, or they were, the, or I got a note saying this number is incorrect. You know, that's and uh, you know, family around me were saying, "Wow, you know, they travel a lot on Egypt Air, which is, you know, is a is a bit of an old workhorse." They said, "You know what? When you you ring Egypt Air, you know, they might not be able to help you, but at least they'll answer the phone." And we've had these incredible wait times, and and also the time that it process it takes to process 
repayments, refunds, and insurance as well. Yeah. This is not something that's going to go away in in the next couple of weeks when we all start, you know, getting our travel mojo back on. No, that's true. And the other just to rub salt into the wound, the professional people who get on the phone to Qantas, the travel agents, they're facing the same sorts of weight and they've also just had their commissions cut. Uh, I think they've gone down to 1% or something. It's not a good look for Qantas and no amount of PR spin is actually going to resolve this issue. And you know, from my point of view, I've operated as a journalist. I've also been on the dark side of PR when you start complaining about your customers, that's the beginning of the end. And Alan Joyce did that when he said that uh, we weren't fit for travel. I think that is a terribly bad look and he needs to actually get in front of the mirror and have a bit of a look at himself. Oh, I think that's probably a fair call. In the meantime, we're still going to have the still called Australia home and feels like home ads playing to us. It might feel like home, but if you can't get home, what's the point? Well, thanks, Belinda Jackson. For information, Belinda stories can be found at globalsalsa.com. You're listening to The Travel Writers Show.